Welcome to the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast. We are your hosts, Kitty and Alora. And today we're talking all about men and magic, the importance of men in the magical community and masculine magic in general. This is a topic that isn't discussed a whole lot, and sometimes men might feel excluded because of the community, community's tendency to focus heavily on the feminine or goddess-type energy. So our goal is to help bring balance and encourage our pagan and magical men. We want to preface this podcast with a disclaimer, though. We are by no means here to define gender roles or discriminate against anyone who might feel a man's magic is something completely different from what we discuss. We honor all human beings, no matter their gender, non-gender, or sense of self-identity. So with all that being said, I just want to say welcome everyone to season two. And this is our first episode in the year 2021. I know, yay season two. I'm so excited. Finally, I've been trying, we've been, we've been trying to get this together and you know, technical know. difficulties can prove a pain in the butt. So I know we had like scheduling conflicts and then we had uh, internet issues and network issues. And so already 2020, 2020, 2021 is making 2020 look like child's play. So yes. Awesome. <laughs> well, We'll see how it goes, but I'm hoping for better this year. Yeah, me too, for sure. Okay, (laughs) exactly. So discussing men, um, I'm just going to start out with the first question, and I will ask you, Laura, why is it important to have men in the magical community? Yeah, um, so balance, I am in complete 1,000% agreement with that. So... um, there's night and day, there's positive and negative, there's hot and cold. And we have these polarities for a reason. And I feel like, you know, you can't have light without dark. Well, you can't have masculine without feminine and you can't have feminine without masculine. So, um, and again, I'm just going to say, and again, we're not necessarily talking about gender here. We're talking about energy and yes. um, yeah, so please, please don't send us hate mail. Uh, <laughs> right. I gave a disclaimer, darn it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's why I think it's important. And I, I know that some, I think, I think some people um, cut out the masculine influence for a variety of reasons. Maybe um, they were heavily influenced by a patriarchal religious upbringing um, that has left some, that has been traumatic Um, or perhaps another, another reason I've seen is that um, particularly women who have heavy masculine leanings um, might not pay as much attention to the God as the goddess because the goddess has more to teach, Hmm. Um, which which is, this is a discussion I actually just had yesterday, but, um, but yeah, so, I mean, I think there's a variety of reasons why we see less God worship than goddess worship when we're talking about witchcraft and, and paganism. Yeah. Yeah. 
I would agree. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of people that come from an Abrahamic religion that, you know, everything is about God as a male, you know, or seen as a father or, you know, just in that male light. And the sacred feminine is not always excluded, but, you know, maybe suppressed. And yeah, not given, <clears throat> not given as much importance for sure. Right. Right. And well, for me, how I grew up, it, there was no sacred feminine. It was only, um, you know, the masculine um, in the, in the Christian religion that I grew up in. So there, there wasn't even, you know, we didn't even like honor mother Mary or anything. So for me coming to a religion or a path that honors the sacred feminine was, you know, really enlightening and I guess pulled me towards it. So for a while I didn't work for any, with any gods, like in my practice, but I've also found that, you know, it kind of, you know, it waxes and wanes and it's important, like you said, to have the balance that sacred polarity is, is there, whether we want to recognize it or not. Um, you know, and, and there's a time for, for everyone to, you know, honor the masculine or the feminine and, or not, you know, either way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, um, what you were saying, well, we were kind of already touching on this, like how do you think men are ignored or excluded either intentionally or unintentionally? And how can we solve this problem in the community? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we were kind of already talking about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like I said, I mean, I think because a lot of Western religions are patriarchal in nature, I think it can it, men can be excluded both consciously and subconsciously because mm-hmm. there's such a heavy masculine overtone to society in general, right? Yeah. So you know, we have founding fathers and we have patriarchal governments and, and it's been that way for hundreds of years. And so I think because of that, um, I think with goddess energy, a lot of people just flock to that because it's, it's not so heavy and oppressive. Um, I I think that it can go the other way too, though, to the extreme. Um, for example, there are certain branches oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, of Wicca. I'm not yeah. going to say which one, but that is so to the far extreme goddess worship that they, let's just say, I, I had the, the leader of this branch of Wicca email me and she was mortified that I hadn't included enough female authors on one of the lists of books that I had written about on the website that it was, you know, it was just, Oh, how could you not, you know, put more female authors on here? This is all men and what an outrage and all this. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Well, and that goes back to the conversation of extremism, no matter what it is, whether it's politics or religion or, or who knows, like values, et cetera, any type of extremism is not good, period. Like (laughs) that's just when you take it too far. Like that's just, it's an overabundance. And I think, and unfortunately, I think that 
because it's extremism, like it gets more airtime, so to speak, than what the majority yeah. are doing thing. And so I think things get a bad rap. Yeah. Sometimes because of the extremist sex of things, but mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so how do we, but how can we work to solve the problem of the masculine being, you know, intentionally or unintentionally excluded? Well, I think just like anything, like you have to be mindful and aware and conscious, conscientious yeah. of it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah I, and I I'll admit it. I'm not always, I haven't always been that way in the past, but I've been trying to be more um, inclusive and, and encouraging more men to speak up and get involved. And, you know, I would say that probably when I met my friend Chase, um, for those of you who don't know, his um, he's goes by two of Al's tarot. Um, but when I met him, he really introduced me to, no, he does not say that he's a witch um, or that he practices witchcraft, but he definitely introduced me to a more masculine spirituality that is mm-hmm. polytheistic. Um, and I'm fascinated by his particular brand of male magic because it's something that you don't see often. Um, It's very inclusive of both masculine and androgynous and feminine energies, like all mixed together. Um, And so I think when he came into my sphere of existence, so to speak, um, I really started paying attention to men in magic because um he's all the time saying you know where are my dudes at (laughs) i'm I'm sorry um let's see um yeah but that's that's my only piece of advice for how we solve this it's just i mean i know we can say inclusion but let's be clear that inclusion doesn't mean inclusion to the point of exclusion Cause that's when right. you get into extremism. So um, just being mindful, you know, yeah. um, and encouraging men to practice magic and that it's, you know, because I think a lot of men have a preconceived notion that witchcraft and magic is innately feminine and there's no place for men in magic. Well, yeah, I can see how they would think that, but the, I mean, if you go back in time, there's always been, place for men you know oh right yeah no I agree with you but I'm saying like in modern in the modern day right oh Um, yeah no I'm just saying uh, maybe that's something that we should use to encourage them you know for them to look back at the history of magic I mean alchemy and all, all that right but I'm just like I guess my point is the overall tone of modern witchcraft is very feminine. And so I don't think, I think with the, you know, with the preconceived notion that it is heavily feminine, I don't think many men give it too many second glances because they're like, oh, that's, that's women's stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Cause well, they see a lot of the, you know, the crystals and the flowers in the bath and all that kind of thing. So I, can, <laughs> I could see how that would be uh 
seemingly all towards the feminine. Right. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, and like I said, like, it doesn't, oh, we're going to get to this anyway. Okay. I'm going to, I'm not going to talk about that yet. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Next, next question. Okay. Do you want to ask the next question or you want me to? Yes. I will ask you the next question. Okay. So this comes from Michael and he asks, what are the traditional roles of a man in magic, i.e. priest, leader, etc." So, okay. uh, this one was a little bit hard for me because I don't know. I, but so a, I'm solitary and I, I like, Yes, I was in a coven for like a year and a half, but I don't know, like, I don't have a lot of experience with like the hierarchy in like magic. Does that make sense? So right. um, I did a little bit of thinking and research, but so what I have is in traditions like Wicca and ceremonial magic, there's an emphasis on the man as the high priest or a mage of sorts. Um, but when I think of a man's role in magic, I think more along the lines of a wise man, seeker, warrior, hunter, father, and like the wild man archetype. So that's what I came up with. I don't know if you have anything to add to that. I mean, it, it's a man's role is whatever he wants it to be really. Yeah. I, I think, I think the key word here is traditional. So, um, yeah. witchcraft is not traditional in any sense. I mean, it, like you have traditional witchcraft, which is a whole sect of witchcraft, but I mean, like as it, if we're talking about roles, okay, like there's no tradition that says a man must be in this role. So it's not like Catholicism where only men can be priests. Like that's not how it works. Right. Um, yeah. So maybe, yeah, like maybe in Wicca it is, but right. Like what you're saying, not, not necessarily with, um, with I'm Wicca. saying like, the, yeah, the overall umbrella of paganism, witchcraft. I mean, Historically, men were uh, druids um, a lot of the time, um, but but even then, like I think you I think you get into this mm, conundrum when you say um, traditional roles of a man in magic. So, like you said, Kitty, a man can be whatever in magic. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it's just like a woman. I mean, we don't have traditional roles but i agree with you with the wise man seeker uh, warrior father wild man archetypes i think i think it's more archetypes than roles per se yeah and i think that you know a lot of people move through different those different archetypal roles like throughout their lifetime so maybe that will reflect over into your magic as well but you know as far as being uh, just a pagan or just on a solitary path, you know, they're, they're really, like you said, there's no real roles. Um, and now if you, as, as we said before, if you get into like a tradition in Wicca, then maybe there will be a high priest or something like that. But just being out on your own and doing your own thing, you can do whatever the heck you want and be whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think it's important to point out too, like even in Wiccan traditions where there is high priest, high priestess, et cetera, that's more along the lines of their hierarchy, dogma, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. um, where you, 
it doesn't matter man or woman. Like you have to go through these steps. You have to get the, you know, this degree and that degree, and then you're qualified to be this, that, or the other. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's not specifically male, at least I, I don't know. I don't know of any, I don't know of any specific Wiccan sex that say only men can be this, that, or the other. Um, no, I, I don't, I, well, I don't know enough about it. I'm cause I don't want to speak to something that I don't uh, know enough about and then have someone be like, in fact, you know, so. <laughs> well, that's why I said, I don't know of any. So there well, may I'm agreeing. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> they may be out there, but I have no knowledge. All right. So this, really but this leads into the next question, right? Cause right. we were talking about archetypes. So women have, um, this is also from Michael. So women have maiden mother crone. Um, and he wants to know how men can embrace this concept, which right. before you answer that, I just want to say that maiden mother crone, while I love that archetypal triple moon goddess thing going on, I feel like there are far more archetypes that women go through in life than those three. Oh yeah. And yeah, I think, I think we need to like, at least for myself, it's been revised <laughs> from Maiden Mother Crone. Yeah, I, it's not, you know, when, okay, when I was a teenager and I started reading books, um, you know, all the books I could find back then were Wicca-based. I'm sure you would agree with that, Alora. most of them. Yes. yes. And a lot of the time they presented this concept, you know, that a woman goes through these three phases in life and it matches up to the moon. And then, you know, it also matches up to the goddess uh, phases of being a maiden when you're young and you're, you know, you're, I don't know, you want to say a little girl, like young, um, young woman kind of age, you're, you know, fertile, but you're not yet like ready to have kids. And like, it's this whole thing that's based around, really about, I mean, they kind of present it as being, you know, moving through your fertile phases, we'll say. And then as a mother, you know, you're, you're whatever, you bear a child, you birth them. And then as a crone, like you're past your child rearing years. I always hated that word, child rearing. Anyway. <laughs> um, so it's presented to you like that. So, you know, like as a kid, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. You know, but as you grow grow up and you move through the many phases and, and situations and traumas and all these things that you go through as an individual, those sort of roles don't fit. And sometimes they might mix together or you might experience one before the other or, you know, so it's right. kind of an, I think it's kind of an outdated concept. Nobody, nobody get mad at me for saying that, but. <laughs> no, anyway. I mean, well, I think the concept is nice, but I think there are far more phases than three that any woman or man go through. For and sure. I think, yeah. And I think defining them for you and your practice yourself um, is, is massively important. Yeah. Because, and, because and, some women, you know, some women can't have children. Right. So then how do you identify with a mother phase or... Yeah. You know, or if you're a man and you're trying to identify with the father phase, but you don't want children or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think it's really important for you to define those for yourself. Um, yes. 
but what did you find from your research as far as like what the male or masculine equivalent I found reference to the youth, which would be, you know, equivalent to maiden and then warrior and then sage. Um, I like those words, (laughs) warrior and sage, but, uh, I don't, I haven't really heard a lot of pagan people using this in modern times, like these specific youth warrior sage concept. Um, Because again, like we were saying, it it feels limiting. It kind of limits us to specific time periods in our lives and specific, you know, roles or maybe like societal pressures. And not everyone, as you said, is going to have children or is going to go through these specific stages in life. So um, it's kind of, it's limiting really. Yes, I agree. But that, but the maiden mother crone and the youth warrior sage give you a nice like jumping off point. So you can start formulating your own ideas of what else may fit in there. Yeah. That's more attuned to you, I guess. Honestly, I think I would switch out mother for warrior and I would put maiden warrior crone. Because motherhood is a battleground. (laughs) (laughs) Plus warrior could be, or you could just, there you go. If you wanted to make it feminine, you could just like, you know, do shield maiden or. uh, Ooh, I like that. that. (laughs) Yeah. Right on. Did you find anything different from that when you researched? No, but I will say, and this is, like this is a shout out to fictional works, but um, <laughs> uh, I don't know how many Game of Thrones fans we have out there. But they, when they marry at any of the weddings in that show, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, they say something similar. So they say like um, I can't remember the exact chant, but it's like brother, brother, father, warrior, sage, something, something. Um, so that's another like inspiration point. Hmm. Yeah, I yeah. love Game. I love Game of Thrones up until they squandered the last season. But anyway, oh, don't even <laughs> talk to me about the finale. I'm so angry over it. Oh, <laughs> it was so bad. And just okay. and you know, just an aside. HBO is like famous for that because they did that to True Blood as well. And I, oh yeah, and I, I know. I remember being mad about that too. <laughs> I'm like, you guys should just like hand the season finales over to someone else because you're screwing them all up for sure like my thing is like just give the people what they want come on like (laughs) try to be all artsy it just pisses people off all right (laughs) (laughs) okay 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 so i will i'll ask you the next question what are some masculine magical practices our guys or anyone can incorporate into their craft. Okay. So as far, like, again, props to my friend Chase, um, because I never would have experienced this type of magic had it not been for him. But as crazy as it sounds, going out and screaming is <laughs> extremely cathartic. Um, and when I say screaming, I mean screaming in a ritual sense, right? So, yeah. um, so like we're talking about like um, ritual circle, drum circle, 
raising energy, yes. calling out your deity, mm-hmm. those kinds of things, or singing. Um, I know a lot of men connect to um, the musical aspect of ritual. So I think that's a really cool thing that men can incorporate. And most cool. men, yeah, like most men that I know that uh, get into like drumming or- yeah, I was going to say drums, I'm sure. Yeah, they, they're like in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, because I feel like that's such a, it's just a primal, like, uh, it's just something, the drumming, you know, it's just super primal and kind of nitty, like down in the nitty gritty. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I definitely know what you're saying. Um, but, but I think a lot of the more primal activities, ritual practices connect more with men than some of the other ones. So if you don't, you know, not men aren't necessarily going to find their magic in uh, an herbal bath, right? (laughs) But you might find it in like hunting or, and when I say hunting, I mean, ethically hunting, using your, you know, eating what you kill, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. It's a part of life. <laughs> You're fine. You don't have to listen. We're not. It's okay. You can just okay. speak freely here. If <laughs> it's all um, good. Yeah, but things like that, like, um, and it's you know, and I think about, I think about my husband and some of the spiritual things that oh, you wouldn't think would make him feel connected so to speak, but, um, our wedding rings are a good example. Um, we actually, his wedding ring is actually forged, um, with fire and hammer. And he was so stoked about that. He was like, Oh my gosh. And it made him feel this like spiritual connection. I love watching people forging like smithing things. I don't know what it's like mesmerizing. It's like, meditative. It really is. Um, I was going to say that forging with fire, smithing. I also have wood carving, like working with wood. Mm. Um, what else did I put? Oh, wild foraging. Because again, it's primal. You're getting outside. You're, you know, it's, you know, along the lines of hunting and fishing. Um, I also think learning and reading the runes is, it, it goes masculine or feminine or and kind of neither does that make sense yes 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 so i usually recommend i would recommend that um, asks you know where to start yeah i Um, agree um hold on let me let me see oh i also put you know a lot of the shamanic practices I feel in general are for everyone and they, they, it encompasses masculine and feminine, you know, shape-shifting, astral projection, journeying, all that, all that kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I don't know that I would specifically call it masculine magic. I mean, I think it's kind of both, but um, tattooing your body can be massively ritualistic and spiritual um, Mm -hmm. depending on what you're getting um yeah there's all kinds of stuff guys (laughs) i mean just working with your hands to create 
something, you know, it, that, that goes beyond really gender roles or, or anything, you know, I mean, right. we talk about forging with fire, women do it too, you know, women wood carve and, you know, but yeah. Yeah. We're just, yeah, we're just giving we're a list it out of, there. <laughs> yeah. We're just throwing it out there, giving a list of more masculine energetic practices that anyone can participate in. Oh, oh, and we'll get into this too, but weaponry, learning how to use different weapons as mm, in like sword, I would agree with bow that. and arrow, I would agree with you that. know, I would agree with that. because <laughs> we're getting I into learned. this next crud. <laughs> oh, well, okay. So this is like the next, we're going into the next question, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is from Liani. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some magical weapons I could incorporate into my practice? Um, but I was going to comment and say, when I learned how to shoot a recurve bow, I never felt so, I, I don't even, I can't even describe the feeling. I was just like a badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to do that because it seems too difficult. I would like to learn how to throw a battle axe. <laughs> oh yeah. You're like bow and arrow. That's too hard, but give me an ax to throw at a tree. <laughs> I can do that. I think it was inspired by uh, you still haven't seen the last kingdom and I'm going to be mad if you haven't, but um, <laughs> there's this Viking girl named Brita in the last kingdom. And she's a total, she's a total badass and she throws a battle ax like no one's business. Oh. So yeah. <laughs> I like, I don't know. I don't know if I would have the balls to learn that, like, but give me a recurve bow any day of the week and I'll, I'll shoot that. And it is surprisingly like stress relieving and I'm oh, a yeah. pretty good shot. <laughs> like I'll have, you know, people, I am a pretty good shot with a bow and arrow. <laughs> I believe it. Which is funny because they say at least, um, I don't know what the last, well, I don't know what the current statistics are, but the last time that I read up on it, women were better shots with bow and arrow and, uh, and gun than men. Hmm. Um, and it has something to do with like, I think it has something to do with like depth perception and, um, overall eyesight and patience or something like that. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Mm. I think, um, you know, and maybe people are out there thinking how, how do these relate to like a spiritual or pagan or magical practice? I mean, thinking about like using a battle axe or a bow and arrow or a sword or any of those things, in my opinion, you're connecting to the past. You're connecting to your ancestors and also that, that, the primal self really and learning how to wield these magical weapons. <laughs> wield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you hundred percent. And also, um, let's just talk for a moment about the, the gods have mm-hmm. weapons <laughs> as well. So, yeah. um, Ar- Artemis was my matron for a, a year or a year, year and a half. Um, and she wields a bow. So yep. um, that's another way to connect with your deities as well. Yes. 
I agree. Yeah. Um, and talking about deities, we'll go into the next question. Who are some pagan gods you've worked with who you feel would be great for men to work with or just people who are looking for, you know, a little more of a masculine uh, energy? Okay, so I had an extensive discussion on this very question with a friend of mine. And I think we came to the conclusion that it depends on what archetype and what lesson you need personally, right? Yes. So I, I feel like if you need to learn how to have fun, how to let loose, pan is great to work mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Um, if you need, I don't know, if you're needing inspiration and um, you want to write a book, Odin is good to work with. Um, it, and, and it really just depends, like what, it depends what you need as a practitioner. Yeah. Um, but I'd say like, there are lots of masculine deities that, and even, you know, and even some goddesses, um, that exude masculine energy. Um, so yeah, I think it's just dependent on the practitioner really. Yeah. Well, for sure. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the longer that you are on this path, the more you realize that they usually will come to you um, and, and it, like you said, is about what phase of life that you're in or what you need to learn or what have you. So just maybe right. being patient and, you know, putting the intention out there and then just let it happen, you know? Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I would add the only one, cause I had, I had Carnunos, um, you know, but you kind of, it's kind of similar to Pan in, in certain ways with the, you know, kind of raw, mm-hmm. I don't know, primal thing they both have going on um but and then you also touched on odin but i also had um um, excuse me oh my god i'm so stuttering sorry (laughs) (laughs) monotonous maclear or lear for men who are drawn to the sea especially if you spend a lot of time on the water if you're you know into fishing if you're into diving surfing it, it he tends to be a deity that will come to you uh with the quickness i will say Hmm. and then the other one i had is lou who's the celtic god kind of a jack of all trades and can literally teach you basically any skill you'd like to take up so um yeah but that's all i would add yes i agree all right so what about feminine energy with the guys? Is there any feminine magic um, that guys could benefit from? So what I have, and I don't know if you consider it magic or just, you know, a spiritual practice is shadow work. I think shadow work is a practice for anyone and everyone to learn. It helps you uh, learn how to heal yourself and basically reclaim your power in the world. And I don't see a whole lot of men talking about examining their past traumas and wounds and, you know, going below the surface to heal themselves. And, you know, I don't, I also don't see it as a feminine process necessarily. It's, it's painful, but it's also empowering. And I think 
pretty much everyone should engage in shadow work at some point in their life, um, including men. And yeah, I think it, it could really benefit anybody. Well, I think that it's in, I, I do think it's innately a feminine process because oh, I think mm. so, so <laughs> it deals with emotion, right? For sure. Emotion, yeah. Emotion is associated with water, which is associated with feminine energy, which is associated with the cups and tarot. So it's definitely a feminine process, I think, because it's all about emotion and healing emotional Fine. wounds. Huh? Fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, you're so, right. I know. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. So I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, the other one that I would say is, um, in my experience is dream work. I don't hmm. see, I, I don't, I mean, there are some men who are heavy into dream work, but yeah. for the majority of men, um, they just don't, they don't, they don't remember their dreams first of all. And second of all, they don't keep a journal to write down their dreams when they wake up in the morning. They don't really, you know, they don't really give their dreams too much credence unless it's something startling that makes them remember. At least that's been my experience with men. When, when I first, when I was young and I got into lucid dreaming, I did end up seeing a lot of guys that were into it, but I think that it was specifically because when you're lucid, you know, you can control your dream to a certain, you know, level degree, whatever that might be. Right. And I think <laughs> maybe some of them had some ideas in mind, if that makes sense, <laughs> uh, on the naughty side that would make it more exhilarating. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I agree. No, you don't usually guys see guys going, here's my dream journal, you know, and yeah. Right. Yeah. Anything that, yeah. I, I yeah. So <laughs> let's leave it there. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about famous men practitioners. Okay. And go. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I think of alchemists, first of all, like from the middle ages, Paracelsus, Isaac Newton, your ancestor. I cannot remember his name. I feel like it's Charnock. Oh, right? yeah. Your mm -hmm. alchemist ancestor? Yes, ma'am. I also think of like the cunning men in Cornwall, England, uh, like George Pickingill, and, um, you know, a few from recent centuries. Some of them that, you know, I don't necessarily endorse them <laughs> per se, but for example, a very famous one is Gerald Gardner, who claimed to be the founder of Wicca, right? Um, and then you have like Alexander Sanders, who founded Alexandrian Wicca, and uh, I'll stop right there. Do you have any? Um, well, I'm just going to say that um, I agree with the second half of your answer as far as modern um, leaders go. <clears throat> Christopher Penzak. Um, yeah, yeah he, I had him. I love him. <laughs> yeah, I know. He has never disappointed me. No. Nope. In in the realm of magic and witchcraft, which is mm -hmm. saying something because I feel like 
there has been a point when almost every author has disappointed me in one way or another. No doubt. Yes, I um, would agree. But I also can identify with Christopher Penzak quite a lot because he comes from a Catholic background. Mm-hmm. So when I first uh, transitioned into witchcraft um, and dedicated and all that, his his books were the first books that I really clung to because I felt like he knew what it was like to be me. <laughs> so yeah. because the, the way he writes it, you can definitely tell that he's coming from a Catholic background. Yeah. Um, so that was really nice for me. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, also Gordon White, I would say. Yeah. Um, from Rune Soup. I love um, him. I know. He's great. Yeah. He is. He's so cheeky too. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, I think he's a great influence. Uh, my buddy Chase Two Owls from Two, Owl, uh, Two of Owls Tarot. He's another great influence, especially for male magic. Um, he's always trying to, and he's so funny because he's always trying to get men involved in magic and he has a hard time with it, but. <laughs> is he going to listen to this? I hope so. Um, I'll tell him. You better because you gave him like five shout outs. You need to tell him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but seriously, like he's probably the only male spiritual practitioner that practices on a regular basis and has an established practice that I, that I know personally. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and that's Uh, the, that's the problem for me too, is I really don't know many men that you know that like that so yeah so um i know did you say alistair crowley i yeah i had him on here and i like i kind of like skipped over him because he's He's one that i also do not endorse but (laughs) but has definitely made his mark on the magical community yeah but yeah, he's just controversial. <laughs> we won't go into him too much, but he was a man and he was in magic. So there's that. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think. I have, so I have these, um, I, I don't know that they're like famous practitioners or anything, but I really love and I recommend the Honest Guys on YouTube. They do a bunch of guided meditations Ooh. and they're just really good. They just, it's just... It, complete like relaxy taxi mode when you listen to their meditations and they have a ton of them like, like on everything hold on i yeah, you know, i would like to say that like i know of like a famous or really knowledgeable norse pagan leader or or something but i just don't know of any and the ones that i have known were kind of scary <laughs> so uh, uh, i yeah. had another one written down where is it? Ah, here we go. I don't even know if I'm going to say this right. Erith Har- Harger, I think is how you say that. How do you spell um, it? A-R-I-T-H mm-hmm. and then last name H-A-R-G-E-R. Okay. He does a lot of videos on um, Norse paganism. Um, oh, great. And, and all that stuff. And his, and, and they're really good. And he's not scary or, you know, no. discriminates against people or anything. No. Have you seen um, 
Freya Norling's videos? Yes. Okay, so he's like the male version of her. Oh, cool. All right. I'll have to check that out. I'm going to write that down. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's, um, it's very uh, academic. Oh, there what? was something that I just... Man, I should have written it down. It was like, it was academic, scholarly about Vikings. And it's a, 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 a guy that talks through the videos. It's more like educational, but I should have written that down and I forgot. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> but um, I also want to say as well, um, I think Norse paganism and Asatru, um, those type of that type of paganism is very popular with men. Mm -hmm. Now, let me also say that whatever's going on in the world, um, Norse paganism should not be immediately linked to white supremacy, white no. supremacy, white supremacists, all that, because um, any Norse pagan will tell you that that's complete BS. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so, I know. yeah, I just wanted to get that out of the road. Uh, yeah. It gets a bad rap because there's crazy people out there that anyway. Extremists. 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 Exactly. The extremists just crap Ruin all it over for everything. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they really do. They just they're out there just crapping on everyone's parade. Okay. Yeah. So was that all we had? That kind of wrapped it up or yeah, I mean, um, that's all we've got. But I, I'm i glad we did this podcast on men and magic because I feel like, you know, I feel like sometimes the men need to be recognized and cheerled, cheerleaded. I don't know how to say that, to participate. Um, because sometimes they do get drowned out or yeah. um, forgotten. And yes. I don't, you know, and a lot of times I don't think it's on purpose, um, no. but, but yeah. So do you have anything else to say? No, I, I think, uh, I think we've covered it and I hope that, you know, the guys got something out of this podcast as well. Yeah. And I hope some men are listening to this. <laughs> right. <laughs> And if you are a woman with a husband who is even mildly interested in uh, witchcraft and paganism, share this with him. Exactly. <laughs> because there are men in magic and there are men looking for other men in magic to like dude out with or whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> have a bromance. Have a bromance. Exactly. Well, just don't blame us if your husband is like, you know, I don't know, wielding a sword or a battle axe in the backyard in the next oh, week yeah. or so. <laughs> Although I don't know about you, but I would think that's hot, but that's just me. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I would for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm dying to get a bow. I like, I'm serious. No I want a battle axe too. <laughs> there's no better stress relief. <laughs> I thought out. about it, you know, I really, I, once you, once you told me that you had done it, I was like, that's a really good idea. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm going to go with the ax. All right. Well, okay. I think we're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up. Okay. Who's wrapping it up? <laughs> I'll wrap it up. <laughs> okay. All right. 
Thank you everyone for listening, whether you are a return listener or a brand new listener, we surely appreciate it. If you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, we would be even more appreciative. We try to put out episodes at least once a month. And hopefully with this new year, we'll be on a more regular schedule um, to put out out podcasts. Um, But I am Alora and this is... That's what oh, I'm Kitty. Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot my name. <laughs> and, and we've been your host for the official Otherworldly Oracle podcast on men and masculine magic. We hope you guys have a blessed and wonderful rest of your week, and we will see you next time. Bye. Later.